0: Thank you for your interest in listening to today's podcast. We hope and pray that today's topic will have some sort of influence to bring about transformation in your life. Now, please enjoy this talk on Fernando Franco's podcast. You are here, moving in the midst. In the last twenty-four hours, thirteen new countries have reported cases of it, so it is escalating; it's not declining. Uh, Number two, this is all within the past 24 hours. Number two, uh, the director in general uh, said yesterday that Europe has now become the epic center of this pandemic. And so it is actually, they've reported more cases and deaths than the rest of the entire world combined together, uh, with the exception of China, of course. And so... That's where it's stemming from. So my personal opinion, I think our president made the great decision on banning travel from uh, that country over here. And again, it's nothing personal. It's all preventative. So keep that in mind. Uh, Within the last 24 hours, sad to say, but around the world, there's been one hundred and forty two thousand five hundred and thirty nine confirmed cases. Uh, that is an escalation that is unbelievable and sad to say with nearly now 5,400 deaths uh, because of it. We all know that China is uh, where this first was, uh, where it's come from. And China alone has 81,021 confirmed cases with uh, almost 3,200 deaths already. And so outside of China there's uh, 61,518 confirmed cases outside of uh, China alone. And people are saying, and I get it, I get it. People are saying, people are saying, you know, people are making such a big thing about this and they're not taking into consideration how many people die of cancer every day, how many people die, get the flu, how many people have died of the flu and all of that. I think one of the big differences here is that, is that I don't think people are afraid of getting the coronavirus, They're afraid that there's no cure for it. That's where the fear is. Because because, um, when the flu season is out, everybody's still in church, everybody's still at the taco truck, and everybody is still out. Because they know that if they get the flu, they can get better, obviously. In this case here, the fear is stemming from that there's no uh, cure or there is uh, no uh, vaccine vaccination for it. But I want to say this here in the time that I have left, just really quickly, my personal opinion about this. Number one, we shouldn't all be surprised as to what is happening. It's a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. And so we shouldn't be surprised. Revelation is not the only book in the Bible to warn us about an end time uh, return of disease uh, outbreaks. The revelation is not the only place that uh, tells us that, but you got to remember that Jesus Christ himself said that pandemics like what is taking place today and or he called it pestilence that is taking place today. It's will happen before his return. And so we so again, we shouldn't be surprised that something like this is happening. Remember what he said. He said, in the last days he said nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be pestilences in diverse places he says there shall be it's it will happen and so don't be surprised I can't even tell you the phone calls that I'm getting from people who are not right with God, you know. Is Jesus coming back? I'm like, you better believe he's coming back and he may may come back before we hang up this conversation. So you better get right with Jesus. (laughs) But yes, this is just a sign. So don't be surprised. And so actually, if you really study that word pestilence in this context, it actually means disease Outbreaks on massive, on a massive scale. And that's exactly what we find happening here today. Number two, is quarantine a violation according to the Bible? Well, I'll tell you what the Bible laws of quarantine say. Long before medical science uh, discovered the importance of a quarantine of persons uh, with the uh, infectious diseases, uh, the Bible is the one that actually instigated or began quarantines. The law of Moses instigated that. You know, in the year 1490 before Christ, the scriptures told the children of Israel what to do if a man had a disease that was infectious and uh, 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 there was no cure for it. And at that time, there was a disease going around that was called leprosy. And so in 1490 the Bible tells us in Leviticus chapter 13, 46. Here's what it says about that. All the days within the plague, that person should be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone outside the camp. And outside the camp shall his habitation be. This was the first we heard of actual, the legislation of quarantine. And so, It was a smart move, and I think today it still is a smart move to make a decision over if it's going to be the protection for the rest of the people in the camp. Here's the good news. Is that God is the beginning and the end. He's the author and the finisher. And on top of that, God is our healer. And so for those who are in quarantine, what people don't understand is not just for other people's safety, but it's for their own safety. And if that's the form that God chooses to heal somebody, then that's the form that God will choose to heal somebody. So people say, hey, is it biblical what's happening? Yes, it's biblical what's happening. And you could talk. actually, there's pastors who've been quarantined. There's pastors who've been afflicted and infected with this thing called coronavirus. And one in particular, on his 14th day of quarantine, he put out a post on why now he's such a firm believer that God didn't design man to live alone. And those of you who've been in the hole in the state penitentiaries, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We were designed to live alone. However, in some cases, it is for the sake of us and for other uh, other people. Speaking of the laws of quarantine, now, it's amazing how science is finally catching up with the Bible. So, man didn't instigate quarantine until the 17th century. Now, you got to understand something, okay? If they would have just read Leviticus, that was around in... 1490 before Christ, instead of them waiting until the 17th century after Christ, when we were attacked with what was called the black death disease, patients were sick or that were dead, they were kept in the same rooms together as the rest of the family And so people were wondering why this disease was affecting so many people at one time. And they they, uh, attribute these epidemics to the bad air because of the dead people that were being kept in the same room as the healthy people. And this black death disease began to sweep across this globe. However, careful attention to the medical commands of God as revealed in Leviticus would have saved untold millions of lives if somebody would have just said, this is what the Bible did. And this time when something like this happened, why don't we do it now? And that's exactly what's happening today in our country, which by the way, and I say this with all humility, but this is the best country in the entire world. And thank God that you live in it. Now, the biblical laws of hygiene, you know, the Encyclopedia Britannica documents that in the year 1845, there was a young doctor, a young doctor in, in Vienna named Dr. Ignaz. Uh, she was horrified at the terrible death rate of women who were giving birth in hospitals. 1845, not too long ago. And she noticed that as many 30%, as many as 30% of women died immediately after they gave birth to their children. And she noted something. She said, hey, the doctors that are examining the bodies of patients who died are now going to assist in a childbirth of a woman without washing their hands. And this was their normal practice just a little over 100 years ago. And it was normal because the presence of what we call today microscopic diseases was unknown. We didn't have what we have today over 100 years ago. And so this doctor insisted something. She said that other doctors ought to start washing their hands before each examination. And once doctors did that, immediately they found that the death rate dropped from 30% now just down to 2%. All over because the simplicity of washing your hands. So when we look at Leviticus, at the specific instructions that God gave thousands of years ago to his people for when they encountered disease... Here's what it said in Leviticus. It says in Leviticus chapter 15, verse 13, write this down and show it to your kids. It says, And when he sat, oh, and, and when he that has an issue is cleansed of his issue, then he shall number to himself seven days for his cleansing. He should wash his clothes and put his flesh in running water. Water, put his flesh under running water and he shall be clean. Now, to you and I, that sounds very um, common sense. But until recent years, listen to this doctors washed their hands in a bowl of water, leaving what was called invisible germs on their hands. However, the Bible says specifically to wash your hands in under running water. If science would just read the Bible. (laughs) So here's the biggest question. Should we fear? My answer is no. But do I respect those who have fear? Yes, because I know what fear is. Again, Paul told Timothy, a young pastor in the ministry, Paul told him in 2 Timothy 1.7, for the spirit God gave us does not make us fearful. But the spirit that God has gave us gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Put your hands together for that. So I'm telling people who's calling me, I'm telling people who are calling me, I say, listen, don't be afraid, but be careful. Be careful, but don't be afraid. It's common sense. Um, I'll tell you right now, if you and I would leave this place and go to Crackle Barrel, where everybody there right now who are 60 and older, you'll find that restaurant full to capacity. You know how many taco trucks I drove by the other night, last night? or yesterday or the night before and saw the lines of how many people are still at taco trucks? Have you been to Sam's Club lately or Walmart or Costco or Target? All that stuff that is missing from the shelf didn't disappear with nobody going in there and getting them. But people at Cracker Barrel, and don't get me wrong, I'm just saying they have enough guts to go there. But I guess my question would be is, I think that we should have enough guts not just for self-indulgence, But we should have enough guts not just to intake and go to a restaurant or a grocery store or somewhere else that's going to be for our benefit. But we should have enough guts to also assemble the way we are together. And we will do this again next Sunday to give God all the glory, to give him all the honor, to give him all the praise. Unless I get the coronavirus, I won't be here. So we are not going against the health advisory that has been given to us. You may say, well, T.D. Jake's canceled church and all these other churches canceled church. Those are all churches that are over the size that the health and safety is uh, really discouraging to gather together. And that's another thing we have to be concerned about. And I don't want to go there, but I'm being tempted to, but I'm not going to go there, is into how all of this is pointing towards prophecy of, of the possibility. I don't know if you realize this or not, but we are pretty much getting close to probably one of the biggest threats ever as a country of being told not to have church, And therefore, once this country, hear me close, and I'm not going to get there, maybe I'll do this next Sunday, but, you know, I mean, I feel like going to the book of Daniel, book of Revelation right now. But perhaps, I'm just saying this, perhaps, and don't, don't, I'm not prophesying, I'm just saying perhaps, that we are on the verge as a country, as now the possibility Of not being able to have the freedom of what is called the separation of church and state. I'll tell you, that's why we can have church today. I'm talking about us. is because there's a separation of church and state. That means that the government cannot have power over the church. Because it did at one time in Rome. And and that's how a lot of disaster took place. But if that happens and we're on the verge of that possible, we're flirting with it. This country is flirting, it, flirting with, with, with listening and being told not to have church. Now, don't get me wrong. I respect, I respect the virus and I respect the potential of it. However, I also respect... The conviction of the Holy Spirit are far more greater than the fear of any disease. I rather die today from the disease than die later in my 90s of a natural death, but preach about the power of the Holy Spirit today and die because I stood up for the gospel. You know why? Because at the end of the day, we're all going to die anyway. So remember this. This building has been sanitized. Our leadership has been sanctified. So we don't have to be terrified. Because Jesus has been crucified. And tomorrow his name will be magnified. And with these next few minutes, I hope this church will be edified. We thank you for listening to today's podcast. Now it's your time to add the value of this podcast to your daily life. Once again, thank you for your time in listening to Fernando Franco's podcast today. Please help us spread this message by compelling someone today about this podcast. Thank you, and may God bless you.